0: So Richard Hagen, MD of Crystal Doors, welcome to the CAM Marketing Save the Planet podcast. It's wonderful to have you here and we're excited to find out what it is that you've been doing because one of the things we want to celebrate on our podcast is... Hearing from experts and people that have been working in sustainability and making real impact, and we feel that your organisation is one of those exemplars—a real kind of shining light in this space. So, tell us a little bit, Richard, about yourself and the background and your journey into sustainability
1: with Crystal Doors. Thank you very much, uh, and it's, it's great to be here, Michelle. Um, I think the first one is to say is I'm a scientist. I'm an inventor, um, and uh, it, it's from that angle rather than just the um, greed for profits and wanted to make more money, and to be able to sort of say, you know, I've got more wealth, to be able to then grow even more, is, I I initially was a scientist, and it was when 2015, the biomass burner was rejected for its um, uh, planning permission, it was a case of, I need to look at the environmental, I've got to close my business, we've got no planning permission. And that's when I turned to the environmental people, and sort of say, can I have some help? And, And as soon as I started engaging with that community, It was a different world. Uh, It's understandable that in the business world, it's it's, uh, who can get the sales. And that's why I'm so excited about this uh, podcast to do with marketing. But in a different world, um, which we don't see that often, we still have to have that impact on people and planet and the place. And that's what changed everything. And it is a game changer for Crystal Doors. Uh, And initially, it was about saving money. Um, but since then, yes, uh, we are now trying to champion and push further and further the boundaries of what's possible.
2: So I guess the question for me is, obviously, you, you've, you've you've looked into this and you've taken it forward and you're driving it and progressing it. Um, how, how are your employees, how, how do you think they've changed? How do you think culturally it's changed, uh, Crystal Dawes, taking this forward and, and putting this different lens over what you do and why you do it?
1: Yeah. And that's exactly it. It's, it's looking through the lenses of nature. Uh, And it's very difficult to do that. Uh, 2015, my employees just believed I was saving money. Um, I've always had nice cars. Hence, you know, I I do come from the background of businessman, uh, successful. Uh, And then turned up in a Nissan Leaf 2, made in England. And my employees just laughed and said, what's going on, Richard? And I tried to explain, I tried to explain. And it's exactly the same as marketing. You know, you've you've got to drip feed. You've got to keep it going. You've got to keep the campaigns going. Uh, And that's when they started to realize that Richard didn't just sort of do things off the bat, bat- with, with, he had a plan, he had a vision and that's when they became on board. And I think that's the main thing is every company needs a chief sustainable officer, somebody who's passionate. I've got the passion, but it's how do you then infuse that into everybody else? And it is about communication.
0: Communication, but also great leadership. And I think, you know, I mean, you laugh about turning up in the leaf, but, you know, and that was maybe a big transition from the cars that you've had in the past, but that is really leading by example. That isn't just, you know, talking about it and saying, oh, well, we're going to have these initiatives, but in the meantime, you know, I'm going to carry on polluting or doing whatever. That really is walking the talk. So that is Great leadership, And that's great leadership. I mean, it's fortunate that you're the MD, so that leadership is coming right from the top. But that leadership and that kind of walking by leading by example and walking the talk can happen at any level, can't it? And I, I, I know we've talked before, Richard, and, and your enthusiasm has almost infused the rest of the organisation because they've seen what you're doing and said, well, that is our leader. You know, the MD is really out there walking the talk. We're going to do the same.
1: Yeah, it's all about it. It has to be a game worth playing. People have to have fun. Uh, people have to be wanting to do it. Um, we can't tell people. We've got to draw them in. Uh, and we've got to see that we're having a better time than anybody else. Uh, and I think that's where Crystal Doors has really excelled, is, is is we've we've got the successes. Uh, but it's now, it's, it's come and join our party. We, we know where we're going. We know what we want to do. And we're doing it together with the same vision. And I think that's where a lot of uh, organisations need to have that single holistic vision to be able to say we want to not necessarily save the planet, but we are individually going to take responsibility. And it doesn't matter about, you know, what's happening out there, individually, have I done the right thing in my life? And the answer is yes or no. We, 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 know, we, we know straight away we can find our carbon footprints. We know when we're buying something and it's going to have an impact on the planet. What we need to do now is individually take responsibility. And when we then collectively take responsibility and celebrate, we make a big, big change.
0: So there's a lot of education there, isn't there, in in encouraging individuals to understand the role they play, to, to understand the role they play, not just within Crystal Doors and the impact that they were having there, but also their individual f- footprint, as you said, their individual, the role that they play at an individual level. And so what... What did you do to educate your employees? How did, you know, because this wasn't just a case of, oh, Richard's doing this now, everybody's going to do it. You would would have had some challenges. There would have been some pushback. There would have been some need to explain what was going on. You mentioned communication. How did that communication piece and the practice, how did that practically evolve?
1: Uh, One of them was a well-being fund um, that all employees could uh, have uh, money, 200 pounds a year, for anything that they want as long as it keeps them happy. Uh, the other one was on their birthday, you have to have the day off. That is a family day. And it's trying to bring in these social values. Uh, so even though we're using uh, money as, as the, the, the driver, we're putting things back into it's about people, it's about place, it's about fel, uh, families, and putting the values on what people have done, what people's virtues are, how they've contributed to the team and made the team spirit. And I think this is the one that's, that's sort of driving it, is the spirit of the employees now is they know that I am a leader, so I don't tell them. I say, this could be a good idea. You discuss it. You come up with what you want to do. You're responsible. Come back to me. Tell me how much the funding is. And the answer will be, right, I'll, I can compromise. This is what we can do. And, and we've done so many projects like this. Um, uh, it, 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 it's, it's them who drive the company. It's, it's believing that they have the value. Uh, and I do believe that they have the value and it's within the hearts and minds of them that they trust. Uh, and that, that's what's missing in a lot of businesses. It's what's missing in marketing. Uh, and it, it's this uh, disruptive transparency is tell the truth, put put the cards on the table and say, look, these, these are the facts. This is the reality. Uh, where a lot of businesses, a lot of marketing, um, a, a lot of the reasons why we've got where we've got is we're not telling the truth. Once they've got the truth out there and customers can then choose um, this is good for the planet, this is good for other people or this is not good. Uh, yes, we all need treats, we all need the special bits but at the end of the day, we need a planet that's fair and just and at this moment in time, we're, we're a long, long way off.
2: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We've often talked about the need for you know, transparency um, you know, as well as saying what you're doing right and what you're doing to try and change and drive progress. You also need to discuss where you're not and be open about where you need to make improvements and where maybe you are having a negative impact on the planet. So I guess, you know, as you say, it's about that transparent narrative, both internally and externally. And we know that, you know, employees are the most important part of any business, you know, and they are the most important stakeholders at the end of the day. So I guess in terms of, you know, what leaders need to be aware of when driving these sorts of programs, what sort of, what sort of advice or what sort of, things can you talk about in
1: terms of the challenges and the opportunities associated with this? Um, I I think the opportunity is is, is to to actually access uh, a resource, which is the human resource, to be much, much more effective, much more happier, and people would want to stay. At the moment, we can see with the the lorry drivers, people are willing to move just because of money. Um, When people don't want to move and and realise it's not just money, it's the friends that they have at work, it's the relationships that they have, is how happy they feel. So therefore my job is, is to improve the environment, improve the skills, and improve the tools. Uh, and, and that's where, when you're supported, like it is an extended family, and it's, it's very difficult to find many companies now where people go, I'm enthusiastic to go to work. And when they start interviewing my people, uh, and, and they are <laughs> enthusiastic <laughs> because they know that they've got equal value at the table. They know that their voice is heard. Um, and, and they know that whatever happens, um, the owner of the company will support them um, when they're in difficulty. And that, that, is a, that is the rarity. And I think that's where sort of the, the B Corp starts to come out and sort of touches on it. That's where the cooperative um, sort of was, was born. But as a challenge for myself, it's about that communication, 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 communication uh, in, in every single different way and form. But it's about that trust of communication. Uh, If my employees realised that Richard was doing X, Y and Z, you'd lose everything straight away.
0: So what you're talking about there then, Richard, is really cultural. This is about embedding good business right into the heart of what good business looks like, right into the heart of everything that you do. Looking after your people, uh, looking after the planet, which drives profitability. Because you know, there's there's nothing wrong with profitability. We need profitability so that good businesses can do more good. So this is this is a cultural embedding. This is is really focused at the heart of the organisation. I suspect you had a lot of enthusiasm from your employees when you kind of gave them the opportunity to go off and think about what they wanted to do. I suspect you had a lot of projects, ideas that were brought back into your organization and indeed to you to say, Richard, we want to do all of this. How about the prioritization and challenges? Were the things that you really just had to say, yes, we want to do all of that, but we can't do everything? I mean, how did you manage that as the leader?
1: I mean, if we go into the sustainable side first, um, it it, it was a case of start simple and get their low-hanging fruit. (coughs) And then once you then start working through it, you then sort of put those resources back in. And then it was a case of um, things like the renewable electricity. It's more expensive. We've only just done that recently after sort of five years then the carbon offsetting that some companies do straight away, that's the last thing that we're going to do. And we've managed to find it local. And it's peat rest- restoration, which means as soon as we give them the money and they look after the peat lands and wet, wet it, uh, there'll be less carbon coming out in tons, not just a little sapling that'll take 20 years before it can grow. Um, what you did say, Michelle, was an absolute golden nugget. Is uh, There's nothing wrong with companies making um, profits, but it's his businesses Businesses are, are, are much more effective than governments, than the United Nations. Uh, we are where all the wealth is held. Uh, and then obviously we, we're, we're held by the bank's purse strings. But when you've just said, it's what we use that profit for. And I see so often looking through company accounts and the, the top directors who, who didn't start the company have, have come in, have, have, have then taken over and says, we need to have a short term three-year, because that's the length of my contract, I want to do this. Mm. And it's this short-termism of, of of governments even and companies have not then driving, where what we want is this profit stream to go back to the employees, to go back to the community, to go back and be able to change that direction. And that's why certainly marketing is by sort of evidencing and sort of saying, look, we, we are the good company. Uh, and obviously then that's when, Greenwash and all the others, everyone says, we're the great company as well. Uh, and and, and we, we need to have that differentiation of sort of saying, what are you doing with your profits? Are, are you looking after your employees? Are you looking after those few individuals uh, which the top 1% of the, the wealthiest in the world mm. are, are twice as bad as emitting than the bottom half? That's 3 billion people against 63 million. It, it, it's, it's obscene. Uh, there's, there's no other word for it. it it's now become obscene. Uh, And it is a case of now we need to address uh, the the, the fundamentals of of what is the purpose of life. And the purpose of life, once you've gone beyond a certain level, which is what I've got, is uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once you've got to a certain level, the only way to get to that self-actualization of who you actually are is not through even more wealth. It's through then being able to then give back to others and how many people do you then impact on to be able to support them
2: yeah, it's got to go. Purpose that's, that's greater yeah, than yourself.
1: Purpose.
2: Absolutely. And I think, you know, also you touched upon the point around, you know, what do you do with that profit and how do you how do you drive it back in? Are you I mean, how how are you how are your your customers, how are they receiving what you're doing as an organisation? Do you think that the people that you deal with on a on a regular basis are are um, positive about it? Do you think this it's a it's a key reason why they they choose to engage with youth as external stakeholders?
1: Um, 2015, they didn't care. 2020, they didn't care. Um, we've now got the Queen's Award, which is a beautiful emblem that they can put on their products. They, they're almost just now selling Queen's Award kitchens and bedrooms and bathrooms and furniture, um, and now um, come the. the uh, before COP26 will be carbon neutral but not just Scope 1 and 2 by offsetting but Scope one, two, three, we've reduced it by 80% we've followed past 2060 which is 4 years minimum effort of reducing before you start offsetting and then we've offset uh, which is j- just over 400 tonnes as our remaining but by reducing by 80% that has been the effort. That's £1.7 million. That's that's more than half my year's turnover. You name me a big company, that half their year's turnover will be committed to climate change. I mean, this that is, is, perfect this perfect. is the radical change. The, this is the, the owner saying, uh, you know, screw the shareholders. I don't care. I want to be the one that stands out. And it's not this minor, 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 minor changes. Elon Musk is probably the only person who said, I can do quantum. I can jump from one level to the next and not this incremental update. Um, and, and that's what we need now. Seven years to the tipping point. We need radical. We need people like myself who are willing to, so to say, I know I'm taking a risk, um, but I can't afford that risk. And I will take the, the, the biggest, hardest risk possible. We've closed the doors on our suppliers who call uh, evidence pledge. We're now closing the doors on our customers. That's great marketing. That is basically saying we've got a community of people that, that do love us. And and that's where we've now got to that stage, is the community who are with us, who do purchase from us, are so proud because they know now they're not just buying. They're buying something that's ethical. They're buying something that, because Richard does so much for charities, they don't need to give to charities. It, it's, it's such a win-win when yeah. you're purchasing from such a happy community. Um, and, and that that's where we need to be, is that then it, it's no longer we're focusing on the negatives of what's happening with climate change, we're focusing on how radical can we be.
2: I think, you know, Michelle and I, we, we interviewed Thomas Colster uh, for our podcast um, the other day. And again, we had the same conversation around maybe it's time to change the narrative and what the story is and turn it into something positive. Let's start talking about the progress that we're making as opposed to the issues. Yes, we need to be aware of the issues, but... We, all, we seem to only ever talk about the issues. And that can become quite depressing um, if you immerse yourself in the negative all the time. I think we need to absolutely start talking about the positive and then maybe people will start engaging with it more, wanting to understand it more as opposed to putting your head in the sand and, and, and ignoring that there is actually an issue there that we need to address. So I really like the fact that you know we're driving that positive story uh, both internally and externally and, and, and actually... Showing what can be done and leading by example of what can be done when you take positive action. I absolutely think we need more of that. And it, and it isn't just positive action. It's taking the hit.
0: You know, that's yeah. what Richard's talking about. He's yeah. talking about putting his money where his mouth is. You know, if this is this is really about taking the risk, the commercial hit to really, truly invest, not to greenwash, not to kind of dip your toe in the water. This is, if you're going to do it, we're going to do it. And, and that's really been the culture and the ethos at Crystal Doors. It's kind of, you're right. You've really jumped in, haven't you, with, with this. And, and also Richard, you talk about community and your communities loving what you do. And you're also educating your community in what they can do. So the, the, the Education, the insights, the learning that that you've taken on board as you've been going through this since 2015, since you started really exploring what you needed to do because you had to solve a problem, um, you have got those insights and you've created knowledge hubs, you're going around doing talks, you know, you're supporting businesses, not only in your community, but further afield as well in what they can be doing and how you did things. So that generosity of sharing your insights, the practicalities, the challenges, I mean, that's a real gift as well. That's Mm. giving back to the community, isn't it? And supporting and helping others to really take action.
1: It, it, it absolutely is. It, it's, it's about spreading the word, and I think that's what leadership is about. Is that it, it, There's something good uh, and there's something very positive of, of what we've achieved over the last 50 years. So the, the, the carbon started rising in 1970, but we've doubled the population. So we've looked after the population. We've, we've, we've done so many incredible things. Where technology has gone, where digital has gone, where artificial intelligence has, has achieved, it's, it's now this year. We now have the tools, we have the technology. And we can now go straight over the tipping point and come straight back down again. And it is down to how we market it. How do we sell ourselves? Uh, And I think Crystal Doors, yes, it was was an extremely brave move, but because I would have closed in 2015 if it wasn't for the environmentalist people that supported me, I owe it to them. Uh, and And I think exactly the same as everybody else is. We owe it to those people who've lived before us, who've got us to where we are. We owe it to our future generations to make that difference. Uh, and it's it's fine if if people want to turn away, but for me, it's all about celebration. It's absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic in the ability to be able to say look what we've achieved.
0: Yeah, and and what you know, what would be the best kind of marketing in the world is 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 no spin, just yes. talking, just yeah. talking, just authentically saying this is what we've done, this is what we do, this is us. You know, I refer to it as, as getting the inside out. But in order to do that, the inside. Has to be really good. And this is where the problem is at the moment with the greenwashing is that there's this posturing, there's these untruths, there's this, yes. beca- because what they're doing isn't good, because they don't have the truth of the story, because they're not all in, it's just these kind of posturing little tales on the side that, yep. you know, or, or as Gemma and I have said, look, for for many organisations, size complexity comes into it. They may not be able to be as agile as you were. The urgency for them may not be that. I mean, I love that that kind of metaphor of 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 doing the Elon Musk jumping yes. to the, the quantum yeah. because that is that is exactly what needs to happen. Yet too many organisations are aren't even thinking like that. You know, it isn't that
2: radical. And I particularly like the way you said, you know, you've closed the doors on suppliers who aren't, aren't following the same sort of path that you are and closed the door on customers who aren't following the same path, but, you know, and have the same values. And I think, again, that's an incredibly brave move because I think often what we're seeing is there's an intention, there's always an intention to do better, but organisations are willing to squeeze the last pound out of everything they do until they're forced to drive change. Whereas you know, you're driving change and saying that you won't deal with certain organisations if they aren't driving that value too. So how how is that? I mean, have you had any examples or um, around, you know, suppliers where you've said we won't deal with you and actually they have then that's, you know, triggered a change in them?
1: I think I have done because I started in 2015 asking these daft questions of what is scope one, what's scope two? Uh, and then you find out that it's the health and safety, it's the, it's the quality manager uh, and and they, they, the big companies weren't even on the journey. Is is where Crystal yeah. does is it's Task Force for Climate Related Financial Disclosures. We put it in last year. It's not necessary for large companies until twenty twenty five. But it's the speed of the change uh, now, now, now with the, uh, this this we are all global citizens. We can see all the way around the world. We've got that evidence. Um. It, it's it's now a case of that they are hiding. Uh, and it is a small company that I can just accelerate as fast as I see something every single day, I will take it to my employees and say, I think this is a great idea. What do you think? And they'll say, yeah, we can pick up these bits. We'll get on with it now.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And, and
1: that is is such a game changer Yeah, in how organizations and big organizations can do that. They can. They can all, they can all have a phone, all 2,000 employees, all of a sudden get an email and say, this is where we are. This is where we're going. Um, They're just tying themselves up in red tape and it's the same with the local authorities uh, and the large businesses. They're too cautious because they they need to know the answer before they've even gone out there to the market. It's like market research. Don't launch the product unless you guarantee me a million pounds worth of sales. I'm the opposite. I'll launch the product because I believe in it and I don't care. I, I know I believe in it and it's got that value. Uh, it, it just not, might take the market a bit longer. I put a patient in, and, 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 and it, was, it was years before it was necessary. It, it, some some of us are just too far ahead of the yeah. curve. Yeah. We're uh, we not. We're beyond the early adopters. <laughs> yes,
0: we we need we need people like that, Richard. We really yeah. do. So back to marketing then, because you've mentioned it a few times about communication, the power of marketing, yeah. the role marketing plays, um, and and the greenwashing and the talking, telling yeah. things as it is the communication. In your view, can marketing save the planet?
1: Uh, The yes is the answer. Um, I I have have no issues over that whatsoever. It is all about communication. It's about education. It's marketing. I think I know the answer to
2: this, but what do you you hope
1: business looks like in 10 years' time? Uh, I hope businesses are being disruptive. They are being radical. Uh, They do tell the truth. Um, And we have leaders uh, rather than bosses or, or people who believe that they're better than what they really are, taking huge amounts of money away from companies. It's, it's the wealth that was created by lots of individuals, uh, lots of customers, and it's about to going back to them and celebrating and making those changes that are necessary to be a happy planet for all of us.
0: Beautiful. And if, Richard, you could give just one piece of advice, because I know you've got so much advice and so much experience <laughs> to share. And every time I speak to you, it's just like, I, I love speaking to you, um, but but. What piece of advice, if there was just one piece of advice, would you give to others who are listening into this podcast, maybe thinking, oh my goodness, you know, how do we get started or what do we do?
1: What would you say? It's the same for everything baseline assessment. So it's the baseline assessment for your personal carbon footprint, baseline assessment for your business, baseline assessment for absolutely anything. Once you've got something, you can measure it uh, and then you can monitor it and then you've got the continuous improvement. Uh I started my journey in 2015. I'm still at the very beginning of my journey. Uh we've got Kitchen for Life coming, uh, which will absolutely once again completely disrupt the market if I can bring it to the market. Um it, it's about learning. It's about that yeah. communication and education.
0: I mean, I was just going to say, what well, because you are championed so much and are a pioneer in this space and and as you say, you know, radically just getting out there and doing stuff, what's next for Crystal Doors?
1: It's 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 changing our products. In three years, we will be launching this kitchen for life, um, which is uh, it's almost like a Lego kit. That like you can make it into a kitchen, you can make it into a bedroom, you can make it into the furniture, you can give it to the kids and make it into a, a, whatever you want. If we can get an app out, we'll have the kids loving it, making whatever they want. And then over the weekend, the kid, the parent, I mean, once, once this, you know, home alone, the kids will have pulled the kitchen apart and got themselves <laughs> a huge castle bedroom. But the, the the point is, at the moment, is is it's not circular economy. We're not even touching on the reality of how far. Bad we are, or how far we've gone into this this world of make believe of, of man made stuff, and we need to now get it repurposed back to nature. Nature reuses and repurposes everything. Everything we've 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 <laughs> we've, we've, we've missed a trick. We've we've we believed that money is the goal of life. We have believed that everything is you know pump it out and sell more. And we've now got this circular economy, and we've got this new purpose of what a human can be. And for me, it's 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 tar- target the young people who are open minded, and for them to be able to accelerate it. I think the next ten years is going to be very very exciting, and and the marketing people are, are going to find themselves um, either extremely happy or extremely confused of, of why it does the old system not fit.
0: Well, wise words indeed, Richard. It's an absolute pleasure to share your passion with us on our podcast. Thank you again.